Hello and welcome to the Oleaster podcast, the audible version of articles on oleaster.org. I am Devin Phillips, the author and your narrator. Without further ado, let's dive in. Covering, Connecting Love and Sacrifice in Atonement. This is an episode from the archives, so to speak. Some of you might recall having seen this content on Twitter or on Oleaster, but I hope that to most subscribers it will be a fresh meditation. Originally, these thoughts were centered around Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Still, as we enter the Easter season in the Western world, I thought atonement would be an appropriate subject for contemplation. Joyful Eastertide to you all. Here's Covering, Connecting Love and Sacrifice in Atonement. One of the many delightful things about modern Hebrew is that it is saturated in biblical quotations and allusion. For instance, I was refreshing my mind on the statutes surrounding the Day of Atonement in Leviticus 16, and two fairly common slang terms in modern Hebrew popped out. The first is if you annoy your Israeli friend, she's likely to tell you, literally, go to Azazel, the English equivalent being go to hell. The second slang word, though not directly found in the passage, is kapara. Pronounced emphasizing the second syllable, it is a term of endearment used for even the most casual of acquaintances. Literally, it means atonement, implying the speaker would die for you or that their love for you is so great that it covers your sin. Such an intense meaning, you would think that it would be reserved for only the most intimate relationships. Instead, the closest equivalent to use the word of kapara in my eccentric brain can come up with, is a British shopkeeper handing you a bag and saying, there you go, love. A cultural note. To Americans, it can seem strange when Israelis or even British shopkeepers apply pet names to almost total strangers. To illustrate the socially acceptable way this happens in daily life, let me give you an example from yesterday. I went grocery shopping at a new store and didn't realize I needed to show the guard my receipt when I left. As I walked away, I heard him behind me, Hey, miss, dear, love. I turned around, and sure enough, the guard was calling me back to show him the Kabbalah. Another example. Here is the former Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu congratulating Nindha on winning Eurovision, saying, Kabbalah life, that is, atonement on you. Because the term Kabbalah is ubiquitous in modern Hebrew, it keeps the idea of atonement fresh in my mind and gives it an affectionate connotation. Don't change the spelling, but merely shift the emphasis from kapara to kapara, and you switch from the term of endearment to the more religious concept of atonement, with its sacrifice and propitiation. Is it possible that there's a conceptual link between the two seemingly disparate definitions? Careful readers will also see that kapara or kapara, and kippur have the same root, kaf pe resh. This root carries the connotation of covering. Noah covered the ark with gopher, that is, pitch, in Genesis 6.14. The mercy seat in the Holy of Holies is the kaporet, so-called because it was the golden covering of the ark of the covenant. 
In most cases of kapara in the Bible, the priest is the representative or an individual who makes atonement for sin or impurity. And then the wronged party, usually God, forgives. The idea of pardon and forgiveness is related, certainly, but it's distinct from the act of making atonement. For instance, when Jacob knows he's about to meet Esau, against whom he has sinned, he comes up with a plan, thinking, I may appease him, a kapera fanav, with the present that goes ahead of me, and afterwards I will see his face. Perhaps he will accept me. Genesis 32.20 But sometimes there's nothing to be done to appease for sin. When the people of Israel commit idolatry by worshiping the golden calf, Moses tells them, You have sinned a great sin, and now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement, kapara, uh, <laughs> rather, for your sin. So far, so normal. There is an intermediary off to the grieved party to make atonement for the broken relationship. Moses begins by frankly confessing what the people have done. Alas, this people has sinned a great sin. They have made for themselves gods of gold. But now, if you will forgive, nasha, their sin, but if not, please blot me out of the book that you have written. Exodus 32, verses 30 through 32. The word translated as forgive in English is actually not the word forgive in Hebrew. Nasa actually means to bear or carry. Moses is not sending gifts ahead as Jacob did, nor is he bringing a sacrifice as the high priest would later observe of Yom Kippur. Instead of attempting appeasement for the broken covenant, Moses instead asks God to bear the people's sin. If God cannot bear their sins, then Moses as well as the people of Israel are doomed. God, both atoning and forgiving, bearing with a rebellious people, was attributed to his compassion and his loving kindness, his faithfulness to his covenant. See Numbers 14, verses 18 through 19, and Psalm 78, verse 38. The prophet Ezekiel makes the connection between covenant and atonement clear. For thus says the Lord God, I will deal with you as you have done, you who have despised the oath in breaking the covenant. Yet will I remember my covenant with you in the days of your youth, and I will establish you, I will establish for you an everlasting covenant. I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall know that I am the Lord, that you may remember and be confounded, and never open up your mouth again because of your shame, when I atone for you for all you have done, declares the Lord God. Ezekiel 16, verses 59 through 63. So we can see that when the Lord is both atoner and forgiver, when he is high priest and sacrifice and the sinned against, that is where kapara and kapara, love and sacrifice, meet. It is for the sake of covenant that the Lord bears the sins of his beloved Israel, covers them in his mercy, and establishes himself as the atonement once and for all. This has been a recording of Covering, Connecting Love and Sacrifice in Atonement from oleaster.org. All Bible quotations are from the English Standard Version unless otherwise specified. If you enjoyed listening, please feel free to read or listen to other articles at oleaster.org, subscribe to our Substack, or follow at oleasterbranch on X or Instagram. 
any and all feedback to this and other articles is welcome. If you have a question, comment, or correction, please feel free to reach out to contact at oleaster.org. The music in this episode is Zion Train by Alexandra Siyanuk. Thanks for listening. Until next time, Maranatha. Maranatha.